0: Now, fight back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. It seems like a done deal, an inevitability, and that it's all over, but the official vote. I'm talking about those Bloor Street bike lanes. They're very controversial. Proponents say the pilot project was a huge success. City staff recommended that the lanes be made permanent and Councillor Mike Layton says there are already enough votes to make that happen. Merchants are evenly split between strong support and strong oppositions with complaints centered on the loss of some parking. A majority of Blur Street motorists eh, they oppose the lane given rush hour delays exceeding four minutes, although a majority say they now feel comfortable driving beside cyclists. If anything, the focus now is shifting to changing the design, and some of those suggested modifications will be put forward in motions today as counselor gets to that vote. So, what do you think about this? Uh, are you uh, starting to live with the Bluer Street bike lanes? Do you still think that there is a war on the car? Um, do you think it's a great thing? Uh, we want to hear from you. The numbers to call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866. And right now we are going to Barry Alper of the Annex Business Bike Alliance and Giorgio Mammaliti, city councillor. Welcome to you both. Hello. Hello. Oh, okay. I think we're still getting Giorgio. So Barry, um, uh, you originally were not in favour of the bike lanes, but you've changed your mind, correct? No,
2: we've, uh, we've always been in favor of, uh, of the bike lanes on Bloor Street. We've always wanted, we always thought that bike lanes um, should exist on Bloor Street. What we've always been concerned about has been the, the, the design and the implementation of the bike lanes. Like for us, um, the, way they've, the way they've sort of uh, divided the street and have uh, reduced um, the number of parking spots, um, made it uh, not a, a great neighborhood to come and visit, has uh, impacted a lot of the businesses in the area in terms of business revenue so what we were looking for was to work with the city to try to make these lanes safer make them more accessible and try and uh, drive a lot more business to the area so okay um, so
1: what you know. kind of design modifications well uh, right
2: Right now, there's no ability to drop off or pick up in front of our stores. Okay, um, and you, where you,
1: where exactly are your stores?
2: Well, my 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 store is uh, right at the corner of Blur and Spadina. Yep, and the rest of my group, uh, my organization is is between uh, Madison and uh, Bathurst Street. Mm-hmm. So. Going from Madison to Bathurst Street, there's no way of someone just dropping off someone. Like like I have a 90-year-old mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. She's no longer able to come to my restaurant anymore because there's no. she's in a walker and there's no way for me to drop her off in front of my restaurant. She has to be dropped off around the corner or up the street. And, and in the middle of winter, there's no way I'm going to do that. I'm lucky. I have other locations in the city. But for a lot of my um, members of my association with only one store – It's that kind of thing. Or if someone's coming to your store and they want to let off their kids and go park, you can't do that right now. And if if you do let off people, you have to let them off in the middle of the street or you let them off in these parking zones. But the problem with these parking locations is that the passenger door walks right into the bike lane. Mm -hmm. So Those are that kind of thing. The other thing we we, we didn't understand was that this, this design was kind of brought forward. The only other place we've seen this kind of design is on Richmond and Adelaide streets which are two one-way streets and now you've brought that up the Blur street which is much which is much um it's wide and it's a two-way street. So it just it just didn't make sense to us and finally we were like well maybe there should be an idea of um summer and winter hours. Maybe you know we should encourage really encourage and really want people to cycle during the summer but in the winter when you know, the people who choose to cycle could easily go down to Harvard Street. Maybe we should get these this space back and allow people in the middle of winter, um, especially during the Christmas busy retail season, to be able to park in front of stores and run, run. You're in. making
1: so, a very good point about the Christmas retail season, which uh, I believe is actually upon us. Um, what kind of a modification would work for you? For us, uh, yeah,
2: we we what we were thinking about was. Um, you know, during during the summer um have no parking as it ex have, have have um you know, just the regular bike lanes now and then during the winter just remove them and just just have people able to park and then if people wanted to ride bikes, they'd go with the normal the the what they call the, the sharing um, um cycling. It's not as let's say as safe. It's obviously not as safe as, as separation is, but what you do is you reduce the number of potential passenger accidents um, in terms of people opening their doors and for the for the very small minority of people who cycle in the winter, they have many options because we're in the annex they can easily go it's a two minute drive down to Harvard street or they can ride through ride through the annex so we were that that was our that was our major um, uh, recommendation but the what, what what city planners have told us is that that's um, that's too complicated um, for uh, residents of Toronto. They just would not be able to understand the difference between summer and winter hours. So.
1: Okay, you know. well, yeah, I mean, it does sound like uh, that's not something that would be on the table. Uh, let's bring in Matt Lee. You're also a business owner there. Yes, that's correct. And uh, w- what's your position on the bike lanes? Uh, my position is I think the, the bike lanes are something
3: positive, and that's something we need to work toward in the city, but um, when it comes to traffic in the winter, when these studies and economic studies doesn't evaluate winter uh, traffic in business, um, and when the traffic is, at like the cycling traffic is at its lowest peak, um, that's when the businesses really, really need the the parking spots to help assist their business. Um, So I think that a green initiative to have like a part-time bike lane, um, you know, even year-round, like even the winter months would help But during the summer months, I say, yes, you should have a bike lane. Um, But we need parking in the summer. I mean, in the winter months, so.
1: Yeah, it's, um, uh, you know, I I think that uh, City Hall might be entertaining some modifications. But it sounds like what you're proposing is not something they would even consider. What kind of feedback did you get about that?
3: Well, I'll just say what we've done. We have evaluated the businesses in the Town and the annex. And if you take a look at it, there's been one to three businesses that close per block. So I think the city has to look a little bit harder at the economic impact because they haven't done that. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I, there's no perfect solution for anything. But my, my, my biggest concern is that I don't think there's been a proper economic study because they don't evaluate the full year-round study. They don't just evaluate the summer months. Well, so, it was a year-long pilot project. Yes, but the evaluation for the economic impact part was not conducted over the winter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a big glaring hole in the study itself.
1: So do you think uh, this is a question to both of you. Do you think that uh, the uh, the the study was then biased? Do you think that was deliberate that the economic impact was not done in the winter?
3: Personally, I believe it's biased and I believe that they did not do a fair evaluation. Like One of the biggest concerns I had was that there was never a pedestrian count uh, before and after the pilot project or during the pilot project. So to actually count the number of people actually on the street at all times of day is something you have to count. And when they were conducting the study, they were only doing studies at, up to 7pm at night for doing a survey.
1: Okay. So and
3: when you look at just a, set, like a study up to 7pm, what happened to the night business for restaurants? And that's where there's a huge drop in
1: traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. uh- uh, let's let's go to Barry. Do you? I mean, your business is. Do you have a big dinner business, or is it a, a business that's more during the day?
2: Um, no, we have both a, a lunch and dinner business, and, uh, you know, um, my, my sales haven't been dramatically down since the advent of the bike lanes. I'm, I'm fine. Like, I, I'm down a couple of percentage points. It matters to me, but I'm most concerned about the people who, who who are part of my association. Some of their businesses are down 30 to 40%. But but Matt talks about in terms of the economic impact study... Um, They never, if if you can believe this, there was never a question that asked the businesses, did their sales go up and down since the advent of the bike lanes? Like all this economic impact that they've been talking about, they've been trying to, they call them data points and they're kind of going around the businesses to tell us that everything's amazing, that you know, 90% of your business comes from the area, that the reason there's no parking is because a lot of the business owners in your in your area come from out of out of the area and they use up your parking. And then so they're just they just feed us all this information and then finally when they, when the, when the city management recognized that the the the, the TCAT's um, economic impact study that they produced wasn't correct. They went out and they sourced out this Moneris information. And that was the final, for for us, that was the final nail in the coffin to know exactly what kind of um, imperfect data was being collected because the, the Moneris data, first of all, it's, we don't even, no one even knows how many of the businesses in, the, in, in our area are on Moneris, and, and no one can give us that information, and no one can give us the information of how many Moneris businesses were in this control area, which is you know to compare the two. But finally, they, they came up with this, this idea, and it's really just a simple uh, mathematical formula where you have A being our business revenue, which is equal to the Moneris transactions plus your checks that some people still collect cash, and so what they were doing. It's a, so the formula is kind of like A equals B plus C plus D, e. and so what they're doing is they're saying when B goes up four and a half percent, and automatically A goes up four and a half percent, but they don't look at C and D. So it, and 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 so we've been trying to tell them that you know a lot of people like over the last year, of course, everyone's tapping more, everyone's using their credit cards more. It doesn't necessarily mean that sales have gone up. So. Altogether, what, what, what has come about and what you can see in terms of the motions that are being brought forward is there's a recognition now that it is harder to operate a business on Bloor Street because of the bike lanes. And City Council is today going to make, put forward a motion that's going to have the economic development team come and meet the businesses in the area and see if there's any way that they can start to drive business to the neighborhood because for a lot of businesses as matt says you know one to two businesses are closing on the block i know from a lot of my associate a lot of the people in my association they're down 30 to 40 percent of their business um it's just, it's it's difficult to get to the annex. That's, oh. that's basically what it's become. So there is a lot of suffering for business. And um, and we just want to try to see if there's way to mitigate our damages and make this, like, a better neighbourhood um, than it was before the bike lanes.
1: Okay, well, it sounds like uh, you've resigned yourself to the fact that these are going to become uh, permanent Um uh, I think I'm going to wrap things up there. I wanted to get a final word from Matt, but uh, his line is is too noisy. Sorry, free, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to uh, thank you both, and please keep us updated on uh, whatever progress you may be making on this. All right, thank you very much. Okay, thank bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, uh, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about a very important issue that affects all of us. And that is um, a shocking and terrible thing, a fact of life for people who work in the healthcare system, and that is violence against Healthcare care workers uh, also want to hear from you if uh, you have any familiarity with that. Um, uh, we know sometimes it goes the opposite way, that uh, that people who are in hospital or in a nursing home suffer violence, uh, but this is a terrible thing. The numbers before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740.